You also do pamper days, Haley, for the Wellspring ladies, is that right? Yeah, we did it last year for Christmas time. So we invited all the ladies over and yeah, we, they all got the hair blow dried. They got unlimited drinks. Um, one lady actually fell asleep while we were blow drying her hair because she enjoyed it that much. Well, must have been good then. It was. And yeah. they all had the makeup done and the eyebrows done. And it just filled me with so much joy just to be able to give back and make those women feel amazing about themselves. This salon, for lots of other reasons as well, you said you decorated it with your dad and then you bonded with him and you're listening to Motown and you sort of got closer to him. It also then enabled you to go on these treat special days with Marley. Where you, you Tell us about when you went to London. Oh, yeah, that was amazing. And it just kind of all fell into place perfectly. So Marley used to love this band called Panic at the Disco. And we booked these tickets. And when we got there, we ended up in this huge hotel and we had a chauffeur who literally, as we arrived, well, first of all, they took our jackets for us and our, and our bags and took them up to our rooms. And then we had this door that we could go through. So we was like literally at the front of the, the concert. And then the next day when we went to leave, we were walking off up the street with our suitcases and this chauffeur guy pulled up next to us and he's like, oh no, no, you don't need to walk anywhere. I'm gonna chauffeur you both for the day. So he took us out around London in this car and we were just like, Wow, what yeah. an amazing, amazing experience that we both had. And you watched, I had to look this up because I'm so uncool, but <laughs> I, I still, I said earlier, I still call it pop music, <laughs> you know, but you went to watch Panic in the Disco. Panic at the Disco, yeah. At the Disco. Yeah, yeah, yeah That's yeah. a band, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Marley loved it. And we paid about £28 each for a burger because it was like London prices, but it was just that memory and feeling so well you know, going from a place where I couldn't even take Marley to school or take him to the park to be able to take him on a trip to London when I was feeling better. It just, it was unbelievable. Yeah. Since all this has happened, now you've gone on to achieve a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And it's a great list, this. So we'll start off with 10K. You've, oh, run, yeah. you've run 10K. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was not easy. No. I think we went at about, we were like the last ones to run at three o'clock in the afternoon. So it was really, really, really hot. Um, but yeah, it was because my sister had said to me one day when I was poorly, she'd come round and she got me out of bed and she took me to the 10K finish line and she said, just watch these people's faces, watch the reactions as they cross that finish yeah. line. And then as we did it, she said to me, when you're better, you're going to run this 10K race. And I did. Like a year later, lo and behold, me and my sister ran the 10K race and yeah, the feeling was just out of this world. I watched Iron Man initially and I, I used to do weights and I was about five stone heavier on steroids MMA fighter completely different life life choices and lifestyle everything and I went watching Iron Man and I saw the people crossing the finish line and these people they weren't uh, admittedly the ones that were in the top say 100 200 yeah. supreme athletes but then the second half of the field as you get in there's usually a couple of thousand competitors there was no age theme they were big, small, tall. There was some like 18 stone people that were overweight away yeah. crossing that line. I thought, it's all about the mind. And you want to see the expression and bliss and joy when they cross that line. And I thought, oh, I'm going to do this, yeah. you know. And I realised as well, if some of the other people I'd seen do it can do it, I have no excuse, you know, because some of them were twice my body weight, but the same height. Mm. And it was really inspiring to realise 
it was about drive, motivation and mental strength. Obviously, you want to be as fit as you can be, but mm. it's not... The Ironman isn't just for people who are supreme athletes. It's for everybody, yeah. you know, and it's it's about determination and discipline like we've talked about. And that inspired me as well. So yeah. if you're thinking of doing something, go and watch it. See the reactions on people's faces. See what human beings can achieve. We only achieve a fraction of what we're capable of. We don't understand our full potential. You could do an Ironman. I know you think, no, you could. I'm doing it. <laughs> you could. You might think, oh, no, I don't know. I've only just done 10K. But if you can do 10K... You can probably do 20K. And if you can do 20K, you start to think, well, we can do 20, I can do 40. Why yeah. can't I do 40? And then you start to think, what can't I do? Oh, you know, and you realise that you... Yeah, it's about putting your mind in the right place and, yeah. and choosing if it's something you want to do, dedicating yourself to that purpose. But you can do pretty much anything. Yeah. You also did some acting lessons, Hayley. Yeah, I did. So I used to love acting at school. And then it kind of got pushed to one side when I became a hairdresser. And then years later, I just got this email through the post that was called DNA Acting. And it was about um, acting for confidence. Yeah. So, yeah, I joined it. And that was definitely out of my comfort zone. <laughs> I've had some acting lessons. And initially, I'd done acting workshops. And you, you, you're pulling faces and, oh, and doing it, making all funny noises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you acting like animals and yeah, doing yeah, that and yeah. you just think I feel like I write it <laughs> <laughs> but it's great because why should you feel uncomfortable and and it you learn a lot from yes. that they you teach know. you obviously how to get out of your head and more into your body and more heart-based and I mean it was very daunting because mine was like a tv and film so you felt absolutely fine until the camera came here on you and you just I was buckled under pressure <laughs> yeah. it was hard it was it was hard I, I did it off the back of it I did some show reels and then I did the uh there were only bit parts you know extra and stuff but I did Peaky Blinders Scott and Bailey and I did quite a few of the bits from that and it was never going to pay the bills at that time you got paid but it was very small amounts of money but great experience I loved it yeah, you know, I, I loved it, really. I made some of the most incredible friends and we're still friends to this day. We go out camping together and they're all from different walks of life and that is what I'm massively thankful for from doing those acting classes. Yeah, I, I had to get massively outside my comfort zone to do that. But in doing that, my comfort zone shrank, yeah. you know, or I expanded, whichever one you want to choose. And I think it's very healthy to get outside your comfort zone. You know, do new stuff, stuff where you feel like a tit, stuff where you're very uncomfortable, stuff where you think, what am I doing? You know, but afterwards you think, oh, you feel good. You do. And I think as I think as well, because I was doing so many affirmations around the time, I felt like I was unstoppable. So I even joined um, this app called the meetup app and basically it was about meeting all new people. So I joined like walking groups um, and I'd you know, it was just, I just thought while I'm, while I'm going for it, I may as well really yeah. go for it. Is that like Grinder, Hayley? <laughs> no, it's not a dating app. It's not a dating app. What's that other one? Um, Bumble. <laughs> well, I don't know. Oh, I, I don't know either. <laughs> you do, don't you? No, there's another one. Um, what's the main one? Dating apps that people go Tinder. on. Tinder. that's it, yeah. I've never been on either, but I joke about it because I know what they are, but I've, yeah. ne I've never been on them, like, you know. Oh, yeah. You don't need to bother. Yeah. <laughs> What is the OSBA Award? Tell us what that is, Hayley. Yeah, so I got put forward for it last year. And basically, it's for the person that's turned the life around and also has um, contributed to the community. And you won it? 
I did. I won it. <laughs> when did you win that? What year? I think it was last year. We were going to have a big, massive, um, you know, um, it was supposed to be at Manchester United uh, ground, you know, the new hotel. And um, I bought a new dress for it and everything. But with circumstances, it didn't happen. But it was still an incredible day. So you got the award, but you didn't get to do the ceremony and yeah. stuff. Well, I mean, it is what it is, isn't yeah. it? The minute, yeah. But you also said... Since then, you now run monthly workshops to inspire other women by sharing my experience, well-being tips and meditation. Yeah. Are these online now? Because I know you're doing Facebook Live now, aren't you? Which is a recent thing. Yeah. I actually got asked uh, off one of my friends. She said, um, the ladies in my company just want to know um, when my salon closed, would you do some uh, well-being talks? And I just started it that way. And then I've been asked by more people to do it now. So I've been doing it a little bit for companies. And then I'm going to create a group for just my clientele and, you know, really help them over the next few weeks. So, yeah. The Facebook Lives you've been doing, are they interviews? Are you being interviewed or are you interviewing somebody I've else? I've done it all. I've tried it all, yeah. So I interviewed, um, like, meditation teachers and different people that I've, you know, that have inspired me. So, yeah, I, I actually interviewed a lady um, called Holly, who was a, a CBT and counsellor therapist. Yeah. So that was really useful as well. So, yeah, I've just kind of, yeah, gone for it. And do the videos that you've done on Facebook Live then go on your YouTube channel? Is that right? Yeah, they do. But I predominantly use Facebook most of the time. So all my videos that I've ever done are on my Zeno's Haven Facebook page. Right, which we're going to put a link for at the yeah. end of this show. If people look in the text underneath yeah. when this goes live on YouTube, we're going to put a link for your Facebook page. And we're also going to put a link for your website as well. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Cold water therapy. Now, have you been in the water now? Have you done it? Yeah, I've yeah. done it. It's It's incredible. It's... The, the thing that I found most amazing is that you can actually control your mind and whenever you feel like um, like you're trying to label anything, it's about not labeling it. So normally we'll say it's too cold or I can't go in or things like that. But this guy taught us just to say, basically, shut the fuck up <laughs> if your mind starts to kind of wimp out of it. Yeah. I think if you overthink that, then you're thinking, I can't go in, it's so cold. And the anticipation can then become, instead of being exciting, it can end up being fear. And the trick is just to do it. Yes. Just do it. It's an amazing experience. And trust me, when you're freezing cold, you've got other things to worry about than paying your bills. Yes, <laughs> you know, definitely. it'll definitely bring you into the moment. <laughs> yeah. And I think since then as well, it's encouraged me to do the, the the cold showers in the morning because that was always a bit of a blockage for me. But I thought, you know what? I've done the, you know, getting into the late districts in January time. So nothing can, you know, can be worse than that. Did Naked or with the costume? I had a swimming costume on. And like I said, what really helped me was that we had to be silent on the drive down there. Um, and then I think because everybody else did it, you didn't want to be the one that like wimped out of it. So you, you, the, the group took you in, if you know what I mean. Yeah. When I did it on the last time I did it anyway, we were silent and it becomes rather than just being a laugh or fun, it becomes a spiritual experience. And it, yeah. it really is. It can be transformative. Now, this is quite amazing. You're clearly a lady that can get where water can't get because you've gone from depression, anxiety, being suicidal and being on a psychiatric ward, turn your life around, moving forward, doing lots of therapies, getting your own salon, helping a lot of people with all the things that mm -hmm. you've been putting on there, then winning an award, running 10K, and then being on 
the Mental Health Commissioner's Panel. How the bloody hell did you manage that? <laughs> yeah, so my name got put forward for it because I've had lived experience. They basically wanted someone on the panel so that when they did the funding for the new centre that were opened up in Stockport, that it could, you know, they had to tell me how they were going to improve services and they knew that I would obviously be, be the best at that because yeah. I've been through the experience. Yeah, it's like my understanding is that drug counsellors... The best drug counsellors, certainly the ones that I've spoke to, have had drug problems in the past yeah. and they've overcome that. And then when they work with someone that's got a drug problem, they've experienced it, they understand it, and they also have a very good idea of how to resolve it. Yeah. They're not allowed to tell you, though. Apparently, the drug counsellors aren't allowed to tell you they used to have a drug problem, but most did, <laughs> certainly from my experience. This, obviously, because you've been on the other side of that fence where you'd been having issues and obviously even been on a psychiatric ward... Then on the flip side of that now, you've experienced it, you've lived it. Yeah. So you can share that experience and somebody that hasn't done it doesn't really fully understand, you do. Yeah, and it was amazing to have that input and to know that the services are going to improve. And the, the actual organisation that I chose was other people that had set up an organisation, but they'd had lived experience too. So when you visit this wellbeing centre, um, it doesn't feel very clinical. Like you go in and they'll make you some food and, and all the whole environment and decoration of the place is quite warm and welcoming. So, yeah, it's it's. I need to signpost that because it's going to be incredible. When I read this, this is... took a lot of courage. After 20 years ago, a long time ago, when you were abused, yeah. in the last year, in the last 12 months, you decided that you were going to go to the police and basically tell them about what happened. So maybe talk us through that. Yeah. I think it was Marley, you know, that, that really helped me with that decision. Um, we were both on holiday together, and on the last night we had this really special meal, and he just kind of came out of it. It was like verbal diarrhoea. He just said, Mum, what caused you to have that mental breakdown? Like, I just don't understand it. And it was so amazing of him to have waited until I was in a stable place to ask me those questions. Yeah. And... He just said to me, something must have happened, Mum, for that for it to have been that severe. And I thought, you know what, he's 15 years old. It, it's it's going to help him to know the truth. So I explained it to Marley about what happened when I was younger. And he said, Mum, you need to speak out about this. One, you could help other people. But two, it's going to be a real deep healing process for you. I just thought, wow, this child is incredible. That kid's amazing. <laughs> he is incredible. He really mm. is. And, um, yeah, and, and every time I thought... I can't go through this, I can't do it. Marley was literally there to hold my hand and was like, come on, mum, you need to do this. And I did, and I, and I rang the police and I um, and I reported it. And I, I didn't even, I didn't mind where it went. I just needed to do it to... Offload it, get it out. Yeah. yeah, express yourself, Yeah, you know. The outcome is not as important, the fact that this stuff that's in here that's festering, you've got to get rid of it. Yeah. I mean, I am a true believer in forgiveness. It's all I ever work on. So there was never any bad feelings around it. I knew that he'd come from, obviously, maybe he'd been through abuse himself. I wasn't too sure about his journey. So I never held any bad feelings towards him. But I just, I wanted to do it for myself. Yeah. Kids are amazing. They're brilliant because as adults, we overanalyze and overthink everything. And sometimes when you want the best advice, they simplify it, and they cut through the bullshit and they just say it like it is. And they say, Mom, you ain't feeling good. Why not? Okay, you need to get that out. It's it's so obvious. But yeah. as adults, we 
quite often can't arrive at that straightforward conclusion because of all the crap that's going on in here, all the the bullshit that gets in the way and all this overthinking. Kids, sometimes the best advice comes from children. It really does. I think children are evolving faster than us now and they're, they, they're our greatest teachers. I mean, a year ago, Marley's gone vegetarian and now I've followed shortly after. But he does, he teaches me new things every day. Yeah. 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 Well, I've, I've not met him, I'll only see pictures of him, but he, he looks, I, I would put him on a kin with, say, Paris, somebody like he's, that, Paris Brooks, because like he looks like a cool motherfucker. He <laughs> <laughs> he's got the afro like Paris. Yeah, yeah, and it, it, he's got a pierced nose as well, has he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I, wonder, yeah. I wonder where he gets that from. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he's very expressive, Marley. He's, he's very confident as well. Yeah. yeah, but he looks like a beautiful lad anyway. Yeah, he is. And that only comes from one place, and that's you. Yeah, he's got a great heart, and he's got a lot of empathy and compassion for people. Um, but I do think it's because he's, he's witnessed my journey, and, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, also, I mean, he loves his mum, doesn't he? So he wants what's best for you. So, again, it's, it's beautiful. Now is a good point, Hayley, for you to tell us about old man Joe. Oh, old man Joe. He is actually like a guardian angel to me. Yeah, so the lady that was running the mental health cafe next door to me, she built up a really strong relationship with old man Joe and they used to go for coffee once a week. Um, and then he used to take her out to theatre shows and everything and it was such a beautiful friendship they had. Um, anyway, when she moved abroad, she asked me if I would kind of take over the service. And oh my gosh, we've built such a strong connection and bond. And he's massively, he's just wise, he's just full of wisdom. Um, well, I think when I was a kid, I used to think old people were a bit boring. <laughs> yeah. But now, like me and Joe, yeah, he, he's taught me so, so, so much. Yeah. I don't often get the opportunity, often as I'd like, because I'm very busy. But when I do, some of the the best times I've had have been with older people, you know, especially I've been on a, a cruise as well. And I, I, I started learning to ballroom dance and... Yeah. Or playing dominoes, you know, in the pub with older people, this kind of thing. And, yeah, they've the great wisdom. Quite often they're really funny. Old people generally go one of two ways, I find. Yeah. They either go revert back to a childlike state, stop giving a shit about what anybody thinks and become fun, mm -hmm. you know, and, and enjoy every day and it, treat it as a gift. Others become quite mangled and twisted and overthink everything and they become stressed and tense and can be quite bitter, you know, and you can see it quite often in the dance and you can see by the posture and stuff. And it's a choice. And as I get older, I, I want to end up being one of the old people that has fun and goes skinny dipping and, <laughs> and, and does silly stuff and, and doesn't care about what other people think. When you see that, it's beautiful. You know, it really is. I don't want to become bitter and twisted, you know. And, and some people are like that and they, you know, they just seem to be angry at the world. Yeah, you know. I want to be like old man Joe. Like he'll literally come into my salon, and no matter what kind of day he's having, he'll I'll say how are you, and he'll go, I'm absolutely magnificent, and yeah. that will always be his answer. You know, he's he's very wise. He wind and dine you a bit, didn't he? Took you out. <laughs> yeah, he does. To Bridgewater Hall, did you say? Yeah, he's taught me so much. Like, make, like I'm so much more open minded. Like we've been to see classical music. Um, I love love that classical music. I I go a lot. Do you? When I can, yeah. Very, very relaxing. I've been watching um, London Concertante at Manchester Cathedral, which is a chamber orchestra, a world-famous chamber orchestra, and I've seen them um, probably 13, 14 times now, you know, yeah. and I've been watching Verdi's La Triviata in the State Opera House in Prague, 
I've seen every single one of Shakespeare's plays. Oh. I've, I've, you know, I, I, I love classical music. I like opera now and again because it's long. Mm. You know, Verdi's yeah. Triviata is about four and a half hours long, I think. And yeah, and I like the theatre as well. You know, but sorry, old man Joe. Yeah, he's took me to some, some amazing places. So we've done Bridgewater Hall quite a lot. We've done the Glen Miller Orchestra. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then our favourite is a lady called Catherine Jenkins. Yeah, opera singer. Yes, yeah, she... Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's just, yeah, incredible. Yeah. He is 25 years sober, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So he used to be an alcoholic, did he? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he did. And then he, he um, once he turned his life around, he became... Um, he helped people at the Brian Orr unit. Yep. So I don't know much about it, but it's basically a centre where he could go in and he could share his story and he could inspire people. He's not very well now, is he, Joe? No. No. What, what's his situation? He's, um, he's actually got cancer. Yeah. So when he last went into hospital, I actually didn't think he was going to come out. Mm. Um, I got a phone call saying that he wasn't coming out. And then, lo and behold... He, um, yeah, he got better and he came out and he's probably got about three months left at the moment, which is actually a gift because it just means that I can spend some quality time with him. Yeah. If you know something's approaching, you can take appropriate action, can't you? Yeah. You know, and you get to say goodbye. So yeah. Yeah. what we did as well last year, um, he's always wanted to go back to Wales. He's not been for about 20 years. So I took him to Wales and we Wonderful. spent the day on the beach yeah. And his only other, other request now that he's got is that he wants to go Blackpool. So if I can get a wheelchair and I can get him there, I will, because it's his, his one last little wish. So Yeah, get him some ice cream or a bag of chips on the front or something. So yeah. Even if you sit in the car with the windows open, you smell the sea air, it's still, still yeah. beautiful. Yeah. So Joe was sort of partly responsible for helping you to stop drinking. Did you used to drink a lot? I didn't drink, well, I never thought I drank a lot. Um... But Joe could always say, if he met up with me on a Monday for a coffee, he could always tell that I wasn't quite with it. <laughs> yeah. And you know when, when that your days, if you drink on a Friday, you know, the beginning of your week's always writ off a little bit, isn't it? I, I know it well, because, <laughs> you know, I mean, I used to drink a lot. There was a period in my life when I drank every day. Yeah. And then there was a period where I didn't drink during the week, but I got smashed at the weekends. Yeah. And this was obviously alongside drugs. Mm -hmm. as well and then I didn't drink for a few years I just stopped completely now I have a, a very occasional drink this year I drunk I don't know three times maybe four times you know twice I think I've had a what I call a good drink where I've had five six seven drinks yeah and a couple of other times I've had one or two drinks so mm. but the point is it's very rare it's very sporadic and I think yeah. if it wasn't for the lockdown situation I probably wouldn't have even drunk those times yeah but I think you need a little bit of something for your sanity sometimes, you, you know, do. and it's good to let your hair down. I don't think there's yeah. anything wrong with that. But I had a handle on it. I'm happy. And so when I drink, I just drink. I'm having fun or I'm within good company and I enjoy it. Not drinking as a coping mechanism because I didn't want to be here anymore and I just drink to yeah. forget. Yeah. You know. And because you stopped drinking, then you said you started going to sober raves. Yeah, nice. I did. I did. So the first few times, obviously, it's scary when you have to dance on the dance floor without sober. any alcohol. Yeah, sober. Uh, and you've not even got, like, anything to hold in your hand, so you're kind of, yeah. like, looking really awkward. You've lost your force field, haven't you? Like, 
oh, God, I'm dancing, but I'm aware of what I'm doing and <laughs> conscious of myself and all this kind of thing. And But, I mean, again, outside your comfort zone, because a lot of people, if you ask them, have you ever been to a nightclub sober? And quite a lot of people, no, uh, oh, actually, I haven't. Mm. You know, I think for a long time, many years, I don't think I'd ever made love sober. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, if I haven't made love at all, I don't know. But, but I'm not talking about now. I'm going back years ago. But generally, I was pissed all the time. So... You know, and I was single for a long time as well, so I used to go out and there was a lot of one-night stands. I was a womanizer. And I'd always, if I went out first to a pub or a club before, you know, I'd meet somebody, I was drunk. So I couldn't recall when I last been with somebody who's sober, you know, yeah. for a long time. It actually dulls your experience when, you, when you're drinking. You think that it adds to the experience, but they say that your senses and everything get dulled, so it's, yeah... Yeah, and you probably think you're incredible and you're probably terrible, <laughs> you know. Like, da, 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 and then you're actually a, a drunken fool, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. So this is the big question. What's next for Hayley? <laughs> I have so many ideas. That's the thing. I want to do everything and create everything. And at the moment, I'm getting a business coach soon so I can literally start to, you know, put my thoughts into order. Um but yeah, I want to grow my business. I want to expand it. Um, Marley has been asking me for a long time now, mum, we need our own house. And, you know, sometimes when you're working around boundaries, it's it's not always the easiest when you live where you work. Yeah. So I find it very hard to shut off. I am a little bit of a workaholic. So yeah, my main goal this year is to move out from upstairs, turn the upstairs into a full functioning wellbeing centre. So have uh, counselling rooms, therapy rooms, um, yeah, and then me and Marley get our own our own place to live. Yeah. That's my goal. You're also currently doing a conscious relationship workshop, is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Tell us about that, Ellie. <laughs> yeah, so my friends Emma and Mickey, um, it's incredible actually. It's it's called Spiral Dynamics. So it teaches you about how all the relationships that you've had in your life there was a reason behind why they wouldn't have worked because you was at a different stage of your evolution evolution process than where somebody else was who you was with. So because obviously I've been in quite a lot of toxic relationships and things like that, yeah. more than anything, like my, my biggest dream would be to meet someone, settle down, get mm. married. And I really want to work on that, that part of me at the moment. So I'm doing a six month conscious relationship course where it's about when you meet that partner being honest and being open and growing together and learning together mm. um, and creating, you know, if, if he triggers you, then it's about looking into that and why that is. And yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it actually. So you're single at the moment? Yes. And how long have you been single for, Hayley? Probably about... You don't have to tell me. Uh, maybe about four years. Four years. Yeah. A lot can happen in that period when you take time out. So your life is a lot simpler for a period when you're not, especially if the pattern's repeating where you're having toxic relationships, so have no relationship. Work on yourself. Concentrate on your family unit with yourself and Marley. Put yourself back together and start to feel joy and bliss, and then that is what yeah. you will attract. When you emit that frequency, those are the people you'll draw into your life. And then this person, if you even need them, because you don't need anybody, <laughs> the only person who can ever really make you happy is you. This person will appear when the time's right. Very excited about that. Very excited. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> Finally, Hayley, you want to speak dream big. <laughs> you want to speak on stage with Les Brown. Yes. Yeah. You aim high. 
you know, aim really high. Because I think, what is it? The saying, if you aim for the aim for the moon and you miss, you'll land in the stars. That's the one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Aim really high. Set yourself goals. Dream big. Aim high. And you can do anything. You just have to believe it. You know, I believe I can do anything. I'm not sure Willow does all the time. (laughs) And she does tell me to focus on one thing because I do the radio. I do this video podcast. I write. I've done articles for magazines. I'm Talk meditation, Ironman, ultra running, whatever. Also did the acting for a while, but I've now got a number of new projects. As besides this show, I'm doing some spin-off shows. I want to shoot a movie. I'd like to start playing chess again. I want to actually make music rather than just DJing. I want to actually make it, and I'm learning how to use that computer software, although I have an idea. I can't stop expanding. There's so much I want to do and I just can't fit it all in. I feel like I'm talking to my mirror because yeah. I am exactly the same and I believe that, you know, if you want to do everything, do everything. And with my wellbeing centre, I want to treat it eventually as a playground. So on a Monday, I want to teach Zumba. On a Tuesday, I want to teach meditation. On a Wednesday, you know, I just think, you know what? Yeah. We can do that and we can be everything, yeah. but master one thing at a time. I said to Willow last night, jokingly, I said... By the way, and she said, what is it? What is it now? And I said, well, you know, I'm doing that and I'm doing that and I'm going to do that and I'm going to do that. And I'm going to, yeah, I said, I think I'm going to become a chess grandmaster as well, joking. And she went, can you not just do one thing at a time? I went, no. I said, why should I? <laughs> we're, we're tongue in cheek, we're joking. There's nothing serious, you know. But, um, yeah, I, I completely understand. You know, somebody, there's a term that people use. I've never, ever understood it. When somebody says, I'm bored. Bored? <laughs> I've got a pile of books that I want to read. I've got a, I've got a thousand things I want to do. It, it's just not a world that exists or ever happens in my universe. And even if I'm not doing those things, I have to consciously, physically make the space to have some downtime because yeah. so much I want to do. But I have to... I have to consciously choose to have that downtime, relax time, because if I don't, I'd never stop, ever, you know. I think that comes after your awakening, though, because you just realise, you just start to realise how precious time is, and then every morning you wake up and you just can't wait to jump out of bed, can you? Yeah, it is our most precious commodity. It is. Anything that can be replaced by money, have a 10 grand watch and you lose it and you can buy another one, then that's not really valuable, is it? Because money can replace it. Something that's truly valuable cannot be bought. The most precious gift we ever have is experience, and that is in time. So yeah. time's our most valuable asset, you know. I would like a Lambo, though. A yellow. <laughs> <laughs> well, On the vision well, board, I've got well, a yellow yeah. Lamborghini. Just well, once, just once. You life. can do that. Yeah, you can do that. <laughs> but yeah. Is Les Brown still doing public speaking? So I think he does everything from home at the moment. He thinks right. this new Zoom idea is absolutely fantastic. He's like, I don't have to leave my front room. So, yeah, I signed up to do a course with him and you could actually speak to him on the course. Um, I'm yet to finish it. I'm one of those people that starts things and don't quite finish them. Yeah. But, yeah. I saw a picture of him recently and I think when I first started watching him, there were old clips. And so I saw a picture and he was, he was grey. You know, and he he looked so much older because the clips I were watching were old clips. But, yeah, he made a big impact on my life. I've watched quite a few of his talks, you know, some of them one to two hours long. And Mm. he's really got a gift. You know, he was a preacher. He's been a 
politician. He ran for office. He's done all these things, and and he's experienced a lot of failure in his life as well. Yeah, you know, but that is part. Most success is made from many tiny failures. You you go through life and. You know, things don't work out, they don't work out, they don't work out. But I say, if you never give up, it's impossible to fail. You just keep going, keep going, keep going. And eventually, if you do not give up, you will succeed. You know, whatever your dreams are will come true. But you've, most people, it's like, it tells a story about bamboo. Have you heard that one? I don't think I have, actually. Bamboo comes out the ground and it takes, I think it takes five years for it to sprout out the ground. And... He says, when you're growing the bamboo, if at any point you stop watering that bamboo, it won't pop out the ground five years later. But all the time, it takes five years for it to grow, not two weeks, not two months when it comes out the ground. It's the full five-year period. And a lot of people, what they'll do is they'll stop watering the bamboo. You know, they'll have dreams, aspirations, and they'll give up. they say, it's not working, it's not working, it's not working. Even after three attempts, it's not working. It will you've got to keep believing and keep moving forward and keep striving for those dreams and goals and the story is basically about never giving up yeah definitely and I think as well I've done quite a few practices with the Tony Robbins where it gets you to visualize your future and what the worst future could look like if you didn't do those dreams and how many regrets you'd have when you get to you know, the end of your life and you've not fulfilled it to where you've, you know, and you've not shared those gifts with people. So that's what I remind myself of every day. And I was going to ask you, Hayley, do you meditate? Oh, I do, yeah. (laughs) And what, what do you do? Is it in the morning, at night? Is it guided meditation? Do you use an app? What do you do? So I do it in the morning and I start off with the, I'm not going to remember the name of it now. Is it Parrot? Pariana breathing, where you breathe in and out one nostril. Yes. Just to really centre yourself. And then I like to just play some music and really clear my mind and just focus on my breath. But I've also recently started doing some kundalini yoga as well. So I've been adding mantras into my meditations. Is your mantra said externally or is your mantra inside your mind? There's different ones that I do. So um, the practice with the kundalini is that you say it out loud because it touches different parts of you know, pressure points in your mouth and things like that. So yeah. that the sound of it, you know, creates um, like a sound healing as well. If you do transcendental meditation, you have a mantra and it's never said externally. You say it in your mind. Yeah. Whereas if you're doing a Buddhist meditation and use a mantra, generally it's external. So you'd be like, Om Mani Padme Hum, Om Mani Padme yeah. Hum, etc. So mantra can be used in lots of different ways. Yeah. I'm curious because I have different guests on here and a lot of the guests meditate, but... Very few people do the same thing. You know, everybody's got the... Even if you say, I do transcendental meditation, within that, people still have their little version of it, you know, and the yeah. little tweaks to it and stuff. So it's interesting. I try and keep it very simple now as well. And my friend Mickey said to me, all meditation is really, is really connecting to yourself and connecting to your heart. So, you know, every morning you want to just, like, check in with yourself and say, how am I feeling? Am I okay? You know, things like yeah. that. It's it's learning to be fully present in the moment, you know, and meditation is a tool or they call it going into the gap or into the silence. And yeah. when you do that, it can be so many different vehicles to get you there, but it's it's learning how to just be switching this off, you know, because when you learn to switch this off, it's such a relief. Yeah. I overthought everything for years and I think that caused a lot of tension and became angry and I became ill. Learn to quiet my mind, remove the tension from the system, and everything just starts to flow and put itself back together again. So, Hayley, 
if somebody wants to get in touch with you, if somebody wants to find out a bit more about what you do, then maybe give us your Facebook page, maybe give us your Instagram page, maybe give us your YouTube channel, and definitely give us your website. Yeah. So I'm excited because my, my website actually launched last week. So my website is www.zenoshaven.co.uk. Spell it for us. X-E-N-O-S-H-A-V-E-N. Okay. And my Facebook and Instagram, um, you can find me on Zenoshaven again. Is it all one word or? All one word. Yeah. Yeah. And the my personal is Zeno, X-E-N-O, 1986. Yeah. Okay. And I've not uploaded my YouTube channel yet, so watch this space. <laughs> okay. Haley Zeno Fontos. It's been bloody lovely having you on the show. Oh, thank you so much. Really happy you came on. I know for a while though, you had to think about it. I knew it was your destiny to come on. I knew you would come on when the time was right. I promise you this, when you watch this show back, when it goes live, you'll be really glad you did it. Yeah. I'm really glad I've done it now. And if I can inspire just one person, then, you know, it's been worth it. Well, you've already done that. <laughs> you've inspired you. me. Thank you so much. Honestly, I'm really grateful. Thank you. Okay, folks, I'm going to leave you with a quote from my book, From Pills to Peace, and it's a quote by me, Midnight McBride, and it's simply this. To be better than you were yesterday is a great achievement. Do this every single day. This is the path to enlightenment. Each day, small steps, chip, chip, chip away like a great sculptor, and just try and make small improvements. Keep moving forward. And the title of the second book is Moving Forward, Learning How to Glide. And my definition of glide is to elevate yourself and propel yourself forward using surrounding energies with zero resistance, with zero effort, in harmony with natural law. It's learning how to move through life without resistance. This has been Midnight McBride. I hope you've enjoyed the show. You can catch this show every Monday and every Thursday on YouTube. Then it also goes live three days later as an audio podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Pandora, Amazon, Google, and lots of others. You can go to my website, midnightbitbride.com. You can get the book on Amazon as a paperback and a Kindle version. You can also get it in lots of other places. You can also get it as an audio book on Audible, ACX, and iTunes. You can catch the radio show every Monday night on Salford City Radio, 94.4 FM. That's the Mind, Body, and Spirit show with me, Midnight McBride. And you can catch me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Have a beautiful week. It's been my pleasure. Thank you very much, Haley. Shalom.